Hello, and welcome to this exclusive radio broadcast of Together on the Air, live on radio, co-presented by DubLab and One Archives Foundation, dedicated to LGBTQIA storytelling since 1952. This show was recorded in front of a live audience as part of One Archives Foundation's latest exhibition, Together on the Air, which chronicles the historic contributions of Radio Glue, the first bilingual LGBTQIA and Latinx-run radio program in the United States. Tune in next as Radio Glue co-hosts reunite on air for exclusive interviews with activists from the queer Latinx liberation movement in 1980s and 1990s Los Angeles. After this segment, head over to our website, togetherontheair.onearchives.org, to view the full exhibit. Special thanks to DubLab for broadcasting. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone. My name is Tony Valenzuela. I'm the new executive director of One Archives Foundation. But I just very, want, very quickly wanted to say um, how happy we are to have you here tonight. You know, One Archive Foundation, if you don't know, is celebrating its 70th anniversary um, right now. Um, it's the oldest active LGBTQ organization in the country, started in LA in 1952. So we really thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. I'm thrilled to have the amazing group of folks who are gonna be talking about together on the air. And now I wanna introduce Umi Shu, who's our director of content strategy here at One Archives Foundation. Hey y'all. Do you remember the first time you found out that you are not alone. Listening is intimate. When we listen together, it is powerful. Listening is powerful because it is a critical ingredient in the start of a new relationship, a new way of building empathy and create feelings of belonging. Listening is a way of being together. Listening together can save lives. During Lewis, Lewis Jacinto's oral history with us, he told us that radio glue was a lifeline. He said people have told him that, quote, I used to listen to radio glue when I was a kid because it was my only connection to other queer people. I didn't know anyone else, and you folks were a lifeline. It made me feel like it was going to be okay. In 1986, on the first show of Radio Glow, which we were just broadcasting, Eduardo Archuleta, where are you? <laughs> Lydia Otero. Oh yeah, right there. Um, they said on that first show, okay, this is April, 1986, I listened to this radio show, like this particular episode, like 10 times at least, at least. They said, those of us who cannot live openly as lesbians and gays need to know that we are not alone, but are a part of a community that does care, part of a large community. Together on the Air animates the spirit of connection, the feelings of togetherness, Thank you, Angel. Angel Labat del Salor, our exhibition curator and or historian. Thanks, Sumi. Oh. 
Uh, thank you, everyone. Oh, oh that's, where, how far do you stand from us? Um, hi, I am Angel. Thank you so much for that. Um, thanks, everyone, for being here. It means so much to me, and it's just so exciting watching everyone that I worked with on this project, not just through One Archives Foundation, but Rita and Eduardo, Lois, Lydia, everyone. Um, and just like getting to know everyone has been such an amazing experience. Um, I've learned so much about myself and so much about you all that is just, I'm, I'm still processing a lot. But anyway, I actually, so I didn't prepare anything nice like Umi, but I do have something unexpected that came up because you made me all emotional. Um, and actually something that I've been thinking about a lot through this, um, through, the, through the research process and everything was like, and I've talked to a few of you about this, but like, you know, not to get sad for a second, but I, when I came out as transgender and queer, both times I, I came out in the context of violence and it was like not good, you know? I wasn't, I didn't have anyone around me that was supporting me, that was making me feel worthy um, and I didn't see that in myself. Um, and it was really, every I didn't have like a community back then and I didn't know I didn't feel seen, I didn't feel heard, I didn't see myself reflected around me, which was really scary, you know, um, especially in the context that I was coming out and with, with people telling me really mean things, you know? Um, so just like listening to all this archival material and talking with everyone, doing oral histories, like I realized that, you know, it's just so, so important to feel seen and heard and to have community that holds you, like actually holds you, not just like performative, like we're here for you. No, I mean like you guys were a family, are a family and it's beautiful. Like you all came back together after what, 20 years of not seeing each other. <laughs> and it's so beautiful watching you all just like connect and just like laugh and hold each other and like that's what you know that's what unidad is um and it's beautiful and i've just i'm learning so much and got a lot of therapy to go to now thanks a lot <laughs> um, but yeah it's been amazing and i honestly i'm just so grateful for all of you and um yeah thanks thank you to my entire team that worked with me on this like couldn't have done it without you. And everyone that was in glue, like amazing. Thank you so much. Um, with that, let's start the show. I'm gonna bring Rita and Eduardo to the table and get out of here, cause I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Bienvenidos and welcome to the 2022 edition of Radio Glue. I'm Rita Gonzalez. And I'm Eduardo Archuleta. Radio Glue is a production of the Communication Committee of Gay and Lesbian Latinos Unidos. 
Tonight on our show, we have several guests and several topics. Um, our guests are, <clears throat> excuse me, Latina la lesbian activist Irene Martinez. Sorry. Luis Alfaro, activist, performer, and professor at USC. And Dr. Lidia Otero, uh, Latina lesbian activist, author, historian, and also a, a professor emeriti. But before we, we introduce our guests, Eduardo, I haven't seen you in over 20 years. So what have you been up to? Well, good question. Um, I have been working. Um, be, after, kind of after Radio Glue, um, um, and, and, and Glue for that matter, Gay and Lesbian Latinos Unidos, um, I tend to focus more on um, a lot of HIV prevention work, um, working at the time uh, with Cal State Long Beach doing um, HIV prevention among Spanish-speaking uh, gay Latinos in, in the Long Beach area, uh, creating programs that would help keep people safe. And, um, and, and then fast forward, a lot of did a lot of work like that and working with um, drug users, again, HIV prevention, and now I'm a hospice social worker. So I work with people helping them deal with transition from this life to whatever's next. Well, I continued doing radio after Radio Glue uh, kind of folded into IMRU, for, and I did that for 20-something years. And then I now do a podcast called The Out Agenda. So I'm doing that now. And, and in between all that, I find time to have fun. So you yeah. go. I'm doing fun things. I've, I've uh, you know, when we did the show, and we're going to talk more to other GLUE members that are here, because we have some great GLUE members that were part of Radio GLUE, but we met some great people. Absolutely. And this was before social media. We had to do this show. So... I, I just called, we called the people on the phone. We didn't have uh, internet, we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have any of that. We just would call people and hope they showed up. <laughs> and if they didn't show up, we, we had to kind of make things up because you know, the show goes on no matter what you do. Absolutely. So it pretty much there, because you can see us there. We did a lot of work. You can see it, there's a video going on right now and it shows uh, we had reel-to-reel, -reel, there was no computers. We, we spliced the tape. We did that for hours. We would spend a whole weekend doing the radio show. because uh, And then we used to love to go to lunch. Eduardo, tell us about our lunch hour. <laughs> um, actually, you enjoy telling that more than I do. <laughs> well, there's a, there was a Mexican, Paquito Mas, next door to the station. And the same time that we went to lunch, it was um, the fireman. Fireman lunchtime. <laughs> So, so that was a lot of fun. Huh? Absolutely. So they had a cute dog. They had a great dog, too. I, I enjoyed the dog. But yeah. anyway, we are going to... I didn't notice the dog. <laughs> well, we, we have a lot more we're going to be talking about. But right now, we are going to introduce our first guest, Irene Martinez. Irene Martinez has been a longtime activist with um, Gay and Lesbian Latinos Unidos, and she was also on Radio Glue. So Irene is up next.
At any, come on down. <laughs> Irene, welcome to Radio Glue. Do you remember us? Of course I remember you. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm so happy to be here. You need to get a little closer to the mic. It's been a while. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're kind of juggling a little bit. But Irene uh, was uh, in Glue. She was in Glue before I was in Glue. You joined in 1983. And then you were part of the first group that was also uh, part of Radio Glue. And do you remember anything about Radio Glue? I don't remember that much from the beginning, <laughs> so I admit, I don't. Well, I actually, um, I started uh, with grassroots organizations. My first organization that I belonged to was a group called Lesbianas Unidas. That led me to Glue. And we had different committees, and I served on several committees. Um, I, have, I had several uh, positions within the organization. And, um, I, I came to Radio Glue, and I didn't know anything, had no experience, like, like a lot of us. None of we All had of no us. idea what we were doing. <laughs> but I kind of figured, let me just do it and see what happens. Thank goodness for grassroots. That's one of the things I'm very grateful for, grassroots organizations and the volunteers that come forward when we need help. Because I was able to experience a lot of things because of a grassroots organization. Um, when I came to Glue, I tried to, I mean, to the Radio Glue, I tried to do several things. I tried to help with production, but as you said, you had splicing and all these things, and I just never got the hang of splicing. And so I think people probably said, well, what can she do? Well, let's have her do some interviews. <laughs> that's, and that's what I did. I would uh, do interviews of uh, different uh, Latino, gay and lesbian, at that time, gay and les lesbian. That's all we had, you know, gay and lesbian. Right. And um, I would go out into the community and uh, see people. I might see an artist, I might see a politician, I'm whoever, whatever, somebody doing something. And I would approach them and, and ask them, hey, we have a radio show called Radio Goo, would you like to, to be on there? And they usually said yes. And they would come to the station and I would do the interviews. Well, that was a lot of fun. It was. Well, and it was one of my mentors too in, in Glue uh, because uh, I kind of, she would help me when I would have to do things or I'd have to make speeches. Uh, she would, you know, read over my speeches. She would be in the audience up front and just cheering me on. And I was so nervous in, in doing anything. So I appreciate everything you did for me. And, well, thank uh, you. And, though, the, though, you know, I, I don't, I'm surprised that you say that because I really have a hard time with public speaking. I get but you, nervous. But you were a good <laughs> mentor. Yeah. It makes me feel good that I was a good cheerleader. So. Absolutely. I, I remember meetings, and, and, and I don't remember you being shy. I remember you voicing, because we all worked as a collective, and, and it was really cool. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned that we, at that point, we were gay and lesbian because there wasn't an LGBTQ community so to speak. Um, so, yeah. you know, we worked with each other and, and we all worked very well together, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, doing interviews was, was fun for me. Some of the people that I remember interviewing, as a matter of fact, were uh, Luis Alfaro, who was one of the people, one of the first people that I interviewed. Um, and I, I'm surprised that I'm here because I'm, you know, Luis Alfaro, you know, recipient of the MacArthur Genius Award. 
Lydia Otero in her latest incarnation of renowned historian and then me. You know, uh, happy underachiever. <laughs> no, you were not. You know, the thing about uh, Irene uh, is was she was very shy, but she was always there. If you needed something, Irene was at all the meetings. She was always there. So you were very significant in everything, especially in my yeah, life. I, I kind of feel that what I probably represent are the hundreds of volunteers that helped make Blue what it was. Uh, as, as a grassroots volunteer organization, as some people have said, we can't do this by ourselves. We need right. help, and we had volunteers. Whenever we needed something, we would put out a call for volunteers. And that's another thing that I did, is I helped coordinate some of the volunteers and get everybody together. We asked for volunteers, and people came forward, and we did the work. So I think I represent yes, that part of did. it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So you know, there's a lot of people that, that we don't, unfortunately, we don't get to see, but you were very instrumental. But on that note, our time is up at NA, so, uh, but don't just walk away yet, okay? <laughs> no, but, uh, so what we're gonna do now, we are going to uh, get ready for our next Absolutely. guest. Absolutely. We had to switch things around because one of our guests is having uh, Is running traffic. a little late. Yeah. This is LA, so, you know, and it's, the show has to go on, so hopefully they'll come very soon. Otherwise, Eduardo and I will probably have to sing and dance, and it's not oh. pretty. And We've you don't done, want that. We have done that before. You really don't want okay. that. So on that note, uh, thank you very much, Irene, for joining us here. Thank You're you such for a great, having me. You're such thank a great, you. great. So next up uh, is Lydia Otero, who is, we have a lot to talk about, Lydia, so come on up. Hey y'all. Hey. <laughs> does it feel like it's in the hot seat? Because yeah. <laughs> we've never done it with an audience. So right. it's kind of yeah, like, you know, yeah, or like yeah. school. You're doing or, really well. Are we doing very well? Yeah, We're trying yeah. our best. Good, good. Just wanted to start by saying one of the big changes that in your life since last we've met is you're now Dr. Lydia Otero. Right, right. And, and yeah. uh, there's more um, to that story, right? Because what was I doing when we were friends? You were an electrician until right. you broke your wrist. But, but that's another story. Uh, that's, she brings that up a lot. Yeah, but, right. You know, but, but not only that, you, you were in construction and you were part of some of the, the big buildings and big places here in the city. Right, right, yeah. And I broke her wrist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you I were will hold friend. that against Rita. But you were very, yeah. yeah, she did. But she was very instrumental in Glue. You're president of Glue. You were mm -hmm. also involved when Venistar uh, was right, formed. Right, so there was a right. lot of things going on. But we're here to talk about the other side of Lydia Otero. I mean, you've written two books that I'm aware of. Yeah. La Calle yeah. and uh, In the Shadows of, of the, the Freeway. Freeway. Yeah, yeah, which is my memoir, like child coming of age story and uh, right now I'm working on a memoir about moving to LA in uh, 1970, late 1978 and uh, being active as Irene said in uh, Lesbians of Color and then meeting uh, the people in GLUE uh, in 1983 and being in GLUE till 1992 
And that was a time. I mean, we have stories to tell, and that, you know, uh, it was a very, uh, so as I'm writing this story, it's just so much to tell about our adventures. And what I'm intrigued by today is that I rarely interface with, with young people who are researching us. And it seems kind of peculiar, because we were talking about this as like we didn't see ourselves doing anything special. I mean, we didn't see us, ourselves as making history. We just saw ourselves as jumping on an opportunity to be on the radio uh, and uh, not knowing how to do it, but you know, having that youthful confidence that there wasn't anything we couldn't accomplish and, uh, uh, and moving forward with it. And of course, you all stuck with it much longer than I did because those shows were taxing. There was a lot of waiting to, you know, in between while somebody did the interviews, I, you know, you had to wait for your turn to do an announce, to do an announcement. And uh, so I commend you all for sticking with it, uh, uh, you know, and, but uh, those were memorable times. And I, I just remember the radio shows of drinking a lot of sodas and eating a lot of junk food in between <laughs> takes. You should have went to the firehouse with us, because <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Mexican restaurant, because the firehouse people were there. And they still I think that was only entertaining to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do feel that my um, success is very much like uh, building on what I did in glue. I learned a lot in glue. Uh, after uh, working in construction, was taxing on my body, and after, in. You know, I, I didn't have an uh, undergraduate degree, and I got an undergraduate degree in 1992, and uh, discovered that I really was wanted to do more, and then I went and got a master's, and then I ended up getting a PhD. But a lot of the skills that I learned were from glue, uh, and uh, writing, where, you know, Lewis and David turned me on to Unidad, and they showed me how to do all of this stuff, it seems. Uh, now very basic, because even then, when they were showing me how to put t the unidad together, it was just something fun to do, right? It wasn't like we were putting together a document that was going to be in an archive in the future. I mean, we weren't thinking of that. We were just like, this is how you do it, and we need help. So uh, we're going to show you how to do it. They also taught me how to appreciate rancheras, which is very important. Um, but. Uh, I look back at those, in those, at those times, and yeah, they were fun, but they were also very much uh, uh, learning experiences for me, because everything was new. Nobody had done this, uh, and uh, we didn't have uh, uh, people to look to in terms of mentoring us as uh, Latinx folks moving and being out. I mean, just being out was way different uh, back in the 80s. And I didn't want to organize with people that weren't out. And, and this was the group. This was the group that was uh, like me, who wanted to be out and who wanted to uh, uh, make a difference uh, in a way that I wanted to make a difference. I know I'm talking a lot, so let me no, no, let me no, allow no, you to no, ask no. questions. No, no. As, as you're saying that, what it reminds me of, because you're saying it was important to be out, 
I remember when we marched in, in um, the Chicano Moratorium through East LA with, with the banner, Gay and Lesbian Latinos Unidos, and there was quite a few of us from the organization there, and that was actually a really big moment because I, I want to say we were probably one of the first out Latino organizations and, and walking through the streets. And people were receptive. They weren't booing or, yeah. you know, because we didn't know what, we, what to expect, but we said, you know, we needed to do this. And, and I remember we were there and, and... Yeah, yeah. And it was a risk, too. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know what to expect. I know that um, uh, Christopher Street or Pride Parade uh, wasn't that risky, right? But uh, we always brought music, ensured that our... We always had a pickup truck or some sort of long bed truck because speakers were really important because we wanted to blast music in Spanish. And uh, uh, Louis, of course, got to pick the music all the time. And uh, uh, we marched either behind. We had flags of different colors. But I remember when I got to, uh, the few times that I got to carry the banner, um, there were uh, women on the side that were so excited to see me, you know, because they were seeing me and seeing themselves in me, and they would run up to me and like hug me. Some of them tried to kiss me, and uh, uh, you know, um, but it was it was it fed my ego, right? But it just I was surprised at the intensity and the excitement that was out there from the brown people. Uh, and uh, so that was very, very, very special and energizing for us too, of course, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I must have been on the wrong side because no one ever tried to kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> I missed out on that one. Well, ask David, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. David was the social. social yeah, no, outreach. no, no. But uh, you know, I was once talking to him, and it's like, oh yeah. And I tried to push them away, and she, he's like, well, I don't know that I did push them. I pushed them away. Yeah, but I think that it was, uh, and the encouragement was there. You know, just like yelling um, to us and saying, yeah. You know, I just there are there were even back then a lot of brown people on the sides. There wasn't a lot of brown people in the parade. Yeah. Uh, so, and we were there. I know that we knew, and we talk about, like we knew we were representing in those type of venues. Mm -hmm. uh, we knew that we got, you came to us with this opportunity and we jumped on it because we knew we had to move in this direction for visibility and just the, you know, because uh, uh, we knew we had been alone and we had felt alone and uh, we wanted others to feel connected somehow. Mm -hmm. Well, it was just, it was, it was just a great time of, of, for all of us in the, in the 80s when we did Glue and Radio Glue. How many people here are in radio? Can I ask out in the audience, are anybody interested in radio? Okay, I have someone there too. Don't be shy, it's radio, so no one's gonna see you. <laughs> so, okay. Which so, is one of the reasons that I did radio. <laughs> a lot of us did radio. But uh, one of the things, it's, 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 it's interesting, radio, I know a lot of people wanted to get into to video, you know, but radio is an art. And, and radio has been around since radio began, where people, families would sit around the radio and listen to stories, you know, 
the shadow knew, you know, all these stories, and he used to make up all these stories, these dramas, and you did it as a family because it's your audio, and it's trying to keep people's attention is what it is. And, and I thought for a while we lost that art because people would just come in and do a show, and not just us, I mean, a lot of, a lot of shows out there, but it's an art. Radio is an art, and you see which ones that make it through. And it is a lot of hard work. Thank goodness there are computers now, and you don't have to do all that editing. Because that, you know, we had the tapes. Has anybody ever uh, edit that tape? Real, just for the heck of it? Well, besides you. I know Eduardo has done it. Okay, in those days, we had that reel-to-reel, as you see the tape, and you cut something out, and then you dropped it on the floor. Now, mind you, you've got all those little pieces on the floor, and you have to find out which your piece is, you know? So that was, that was a nightmare in itself. So that was the thing Irene didn't want to do. So I don't okay. think I engaged in that either. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was an art. So now, you know, you're fortunate to have all these computers and do all this work for you. But remember, there's also an audience you want to really listen to what you have to say and make it make it important or interesting enough to hold, to hold their uh, attention. And that's something that, um, I don't know if we did that or not, but we tried our best. We tried. Because we, we had no idea what we were doing, but people have come up to us, and, and Lewis has said the same thing, people would come up to us and they would, uh, they said we saved their life. Not us personally, it was a show saved their life because they, had, they thought they were alone. And there's people still out there that tell me that they feel that they're alone out there, but they listen to knowing that I am not the only gay person here. We take a lot of it for granted here in Los Angeles, you know, the big metropolitan, but there's still little cities out there where people are, by, they feel that they're by themselves. So we need to make sure that they, we give them radio that they can feel that they're part of the family. And that's what, something we always try to do, that they're part of the family, that we are their family, we're there for them. Like in those days, uh, I used to give out my phone number, because yeah. that's what you did you, right. over the air, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah, we used to publish our addresses yeah. in the right. newsletter for, right. for gatherings, yeah. and uh, you know, I wouldn't do that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it, but, it, but it was a different time because yeah. there wasn't the social media there. Yeah. Yeah. Social media was you went in person and yeah. you were face-to-face -face with people. Right. It wasn't via your telephone. or. Yeah. But I would have parents call me and say, thank you, who can I talk to? I think my son is gay or my, you know, my child is gay or something. And, you know, we try to give resources to right. that. So that's what we try to do. Uh, unfortunately, our guests can't make it because of traffic and some uh, personal so, things. So, uh, what I would, it just to spend a few more minutes, because uh, I'm reading your book, um, mm -hmm. and my bag is gone, so I can't remember, but it's your second book, the In the Shadows of the Freeway, Growing mm -hmm. Up uh, Brown and Queer. I really connected to it. Um, I, we had talked about this briefly before we started, but um, I very much enjoyed your history and your fam sharing your family history. And, mm -hmm. and um, I, I felt really connected because I also felt that that was part of my history and, and my family. And, and the one thing that, that I said that I connected with was that you were raised in, your house was made of adobe. And my, my father and his family, they grew up in, in an adobe 
in southern Colorado, and um, that just really touched me, and it just kind of made me feel like like even closer. I'd known you for all those years ago, and yet this was like one of those things that we didn't know about each other, right. And um, but it was really cool, and, and I want to encourage you, it's a really great read, um, very, very, um, it, I mean, it's the history of, of Tucson, and her family, and, and Dr. Otero's family, but it's it's a great story, and I encourage you to get it. You can get it at, on Amazon. So I want to do a plug for her book. I know we're doing radio, but <laughs> plug her book. It, it's really good. Yeah. It is, and I also uh, found very interesting your first book, La Calle, because yeah. I really got the history of Tucson and how the gentrification was in 1920. It was always there. Yeah. And it, the same thing's happened in Los Angeles, too is that there's still that gentrification happening here. It's in a lot of cities where you're seeing, you're losing your history is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And in seeing how that, that happened, and it affects your life too. Right, and I just have to make a point that I was, Tucson was very small, um, and uh, there was no privacy. So I left right after graduating high school because there was no way for me to be queer there uh, because you know, I was related to after the city, and I'd be somewhere, you know, kissing a girl, and my mom would be, say, "Allí te miraron, ¿qué andabas haciendo?" You know, and I felt like the surveillance was just so heavy. So I'm one of those uh, people that left what was a smaller urban area for Los Angeles, looking for, looking for all y'all, you know, and I found y'all and was able to be myself because there's also a lot of us that came, uh, it's, the, it's known in the scholarship, right, as the great queer migration, as those of us in the 70s and 80s who, who, who were, you know, attracted to larger, urban areas, and I certainly found what I was looking for. It took a while. I met Irene, was my first friend in LA that I met, and uh, we've been friends since then. Uh, but it took a while to, to connect with all of y'all, and uh, you know, and uh, uh, we were talking about this, Eduardo, how we, we did feel like a family, uh, and I think it's that cultural bond, uh, because I didn't organize with white feminists I, it, you know, it just wasn't interesting to me, and I just didn't feel like I belonged. I think that organizing with the glue fellas was uh, it was very validating to me culturally, and it, we, it, there was an ease to getting along. I know that sometimes I apologize that I was hard to get along with, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think there was an ease in all of us that it was like going back to our family. We were familiar with these in these relationships, and I'm not talking about the dysfunctional part. I mean, it was all of a sudden like meeting people like us, and so and so that was just so important. Uh, and of course, glue was already started by the time I came along. You know, all of these more uh, uh, these uh, these people had already um, established and the organization, uh, but you know, I was very welcomed. Well, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you all came. Well, we're running out of time. I think we have just a couple of, two minutes left. Uh, just okay. want to 
make some acknowledgements? Absolutely. I uh, want to thank everyone. Uh, Luis Asinto, who's been awesome. He was the, came up with our jingle. <laughs> and we have David Gonzalez, who was the very first president of GLUE. Yes. <laughs> Laura Duran, who's been around for a long time. She was on the board of, of, of Gay Lesbian Latinos Unidos and helped with a lot of things. Did I miss anybody? Who else was glue here? Was anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody. No, I think okay. that's it. But the I one think, thing I would, okay. since we're thanking, um, we talk about Radio Glue, but it was because of the generous offer from IMRU, which was uh, a weekly program on KPFK um, radio station. They came to us and they offered us the opportunity to be on the air. They gave us a half hour segment um, once a month and Again, as Lydia said, and as we've said, that we didn't know anything about radio, but they were very, very generous with their time and helped us learn how to edit and engineer and, um, and be comfortable, because I'm still not comfortable with my voice. But, um, okay. Well, we also want to thank, especially Josie Kotojo, who really uh, came to us about uh, Rather Glue. want to really thank the one people that have been awesome being here. We have, want to thank... Yumi, Angel, uh, Diego, Shay, Sadi, Fatih. Did I miss anybody? Because you guys were all great. Tony, absolutely great. And I think we're just out of time. So we have to do our ending. Are you ready? I'm ready when you are. So I want to thank all of you for joining us here at Radio Club. Gracias. Y buenas noches. Sorry, I blew that. <laughs>